Hey, welcome to the club. Before we begin, I'd like to introduce our podcast and explain what we do. We will go over mysterious and unsolved cases, a bit of the paranormal, and of course, conspiracies. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and any other podcast provider. Also, a new episode of The Cloak comes out every Monday. So don't forget to join the conversation on Facebook forward slash The Cloaked Podcast and catch us on Twitter at The Cloaked underscore. And don't forget to like and rate us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends. And now on with the show. Go, here we go, here we go. All right, so on... What? Oh yeah, the story's fucked up. I know. This story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Michael. Michael so um, on this episode, we explore the exorcism of Michael Taylor, which the beginning is pretty interesting. How it how it starts and then it takes a terrible turn. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it it definitely takes a very terrible turn, but it's very interesting in the way that you see an exorcism. And you kind of see, in this case, it was very unfortunate, but you see um, one version of a man, and you see the second version of something else, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then it kind of explores um, that of what people see of what is occurring to one individual and the individual's experience. And it kind of taps into the mind of that quantum mind, Right, the quantum brain, and so it, it goes in and it diverges into all that because there's also the hypothesis of that and explores into the multiple personalities. Mm. Um, are we exploring that of a personality of someone else? Is this Damn. is this one of a demon? Is this one of someone just you know completely different character? Because this what essentially this what you see is something that's out of character of this person, mm-hmm. right? Um, so. Um, Michael Taylor, right? So before I begin, I am your host, White Owl. Hey, it's Pandora. Hi, I'm Cy. This is Hoffman. And so Michael Taylor was born in 1944. He became very notable in England in 1974. And his case is also involved with the Osset murder case, which is that of his wife. Uh, Taylor lived in Osset, West Workshire. Um, working as a butcher. He was out of a job. He was laid off. And the pressure to provide um, for his family, you know, that was on. And he fell into a depression, struggling to find a job. In 1974, Taylor's wife, who is that of the age of 29, Christine, uh, went to a Christian fellowship. And that was an invitation by their friend Barbara, who invited them to kind of lift up their spirits. You know what I mean? Um that in the hopes of something of a spiritual would raise up hopes and, you know, kind of get them out of that rut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, there was a leader there, a very young leader by the name of uh, Marie Robinson, uh, who was 22, very young for leading a group of a Christian fellowship. Um, so she invited them to a meeting in the town of Holbury. Uh, now Marie had this uh, experience there and everyone witnessed her have some kind of like uh, p- like possession but they call it a possession of that of the Holy Spirit as so she claims 
she definitely had, as eyewitnesses say, she was speaking in tongues. Uh, and she was having this like weird, I guess what one would describe it as a possession, right? But again, Marie claims it was the Holy Spirit uh, possessing her, right? It was common for that movement. It was common, religion. right, for that movement. You see that a lot in the South, right? You see that a lot of the South. Yes, you do. My, my church that I used to go to used to freak me out. They just went into a trance and started talking. Like, you, you don't know what the hell they're saying. I, and, well, sometimes they're speaking. They always end with an ah. They're speaking in backwards. Damn. And so sometimes if you actually record that and you play it backwards, you find words in there. Um, so Michael then starts to be very animated, acting very different, very out of character. Um, later on, as time flew, Marie visited the tailors, concerned for Michael, uh, which Michael suddenly confessed his love for her, right? <laughs> and so he was starting to be very attracted to her. Apparently he had shown up to like other... Uh, meetings, right? And so, um, Marine was like, yo, I'm not not really into you. And also, you're married. You yeah. got to think about your wife. He had know? like five kids, didn't he? Yes. Like and so, yeah, no. I guess, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. Some at some point later on during this, right, mm-hmm. Michael then is suddenly naked. So, I don't know how this happened, right? What the, um, it, well, the story doesn't really divulge well, into it. All of a sudden, damn, he's naked. <laughs> damn, he's naked. And, but so is Marie. Marie is also naked. And so, Michael describes this as he's in a dreamlike state, right? He really can't... He doesn't know what's going on. But he's describing to us, right, what he's experiencing. So, he says that Marie had these snake-like eyes, right? But then Marie describes uh, Michael as having uh, a devil face, Hmm. right? So you're like, A, they're both experiencing something. They're both caught in a possession, right? You start thinking, well, what's going on? They're hallucinating the same thing, right? They're both under the same influence that one can think that that's what's happening. Um, so, Michael Taylor, uh, he admitted that he felt evil within him. He oh. eventually actually started attacking uh, Marie, both verbally and physically, screaming at Marie. Uh, he flung her against the wall and, like, attacked her. Christine then comes in and tries to break break up the fight. Um at this point, Taylor's like over uh, Marie and he's like, has this look of he's going to fucking kill her, right? And then all of a sudden he snaps out of it. He doesn't know what's happening, right? And so he claims he, he you know, he doesn't know how he got into this, like in the, in how he is both naked and in this position. Uh, so Christine then told Marie, hey, uh, I don't want you to visit the house anymore, <laughs> So he kicks her out, right? Michael uh, would then have like these experiences, right? He's having these weird, very out of character experiences. So at some time, his progression of whatever's happening to him starts getting worse. A neighbor said that they saw Michael walking, right? And Michael to this neighbor says after he spits... He spits on the ground and tells her 
that um, that his spit is the milk of human kindness and she should drink it. Oh my god. Right? Like crazy stuff, right? Like very out of character. The neighbors the they don't know what they don't know what to think of him. <laughs> They're all uh, hard pass. <laughs> uh, what's happening here? Like there's this is not Michael, this is someone else. Um, so on the October third, they turn to the fellowship. Hey, something's happening. We don't know what to do, right? So the fellowship kind of takes them in. They're like, "Hey, you should probably see somebody for this." Two days later, during the next meeting, uh, my uh, Michael receives a what's called an absolution. So he's forgiven mm-hmm. for his behavior, um, but his. Again, his behavior still gets out of hand, and so it's pretty crazy. And so they direct him to Father Peter Vincent, right? And he invites them, the group, and Michael and his wife, to a dinner, right? And which shit happens. He flips out when he sees the cat, tosses the cat, right? <laughs> like, he grabs the cat so hard, he pulls fur out. Damn. Out of the cat. The cat's okay, but, you know, um, the priest says, we need to perform an exorcism. You're, you are possessed. You're clearly, something's happening here. You're not yourself. You're not who people are describing as mm-hmm. Michael Taylor. Something's wrong. So, um, this uh, Father Peter, who is the local vicar, which is like the priest. He's like a substitute priest who goes around and helps out. Um, so he says, hey, we need to cast out these demons that are inside you. We need to perform an exorcism. So his exorcism occurs on October 5th through the 6th. This is back in 1974. Um, a St. Thomas Church, um, uh, at St. Thomas Church, Father Peter Vincent uh, heads this. And he's aided by uh, Reverend Raymond Smith, who was a Methodist. And so they're both trying to cast out these demons out of him. And so, you know, according to what we know of what happened, and this is, again, this part of the information is according to Bill Ells, who finds out what happened that night. And so it looks like, in as he states, in all the night, the ceremony takes six hours, right? Their partial performance. And invoked and cast out at least 40 demons, including that of incest, bestiality, blasphemy, and lewdness. At the end, they were all exhausted. They allowed Taylor to go home, although they felt that at least three demons were still in him. That of insanity, murder, and violence. So, like the worst ones. Yes. I mean, (laughs) you would think like, hey, You could have left blasphemy in there and like... Taking out murder. Still, you know, maybe Lutness. not let him out of our sights. Lutness. Yeah. Like, That's what? And blasphemy. Like, like what? I, I, I've always had this thing about, like, um, these the demons and... What? No, The name of these demons. Like, who comes up with these names, right? There's a demon also, for bestiality and How also, do you know you cast out, like... This specific demon, right? He has a checklist. All right, we got blasphemy. We got so lewdness. What do you? Got, what, specific. 
Thing. Well, what do you need? What, well, right. I don't because there's always been like well, we know uh, from Alistair Crowley, he has the the book where it, it names at least seventy two demons, right? That you have to kind of invoke or whatever. And so, but who gets to name them? Like, how do you know these names? Do you just randomly name these things, and then, or is it something like? And the way I think is, you manifest something, you give it a name, and you by thinking and telling everyone else, does that then manifest and become the very thing. How did they confirm you, like blasphemy has been exercised? Because they, so if you ever see an exorcism, if you ever seen a documentary where an exorcism is performed, one of the things they do is they ask for the demon's name. In order to cast it out, you must know its name to cast it out. That's always been like a weird rule. So it's like a weird introduction. They're it's like, a weird right, introduction. And by the name of Michael, our, our angel Dominos, and you you cast out this fucking demon, right? And so that's like one of the things that gets to be performed. So now they tell the they tell them it's like, hey, you know, hey, you're good three shit. demons well, you got may 40 still demons be in this body. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't cast the very. How did they ones. confirm that it's been exercised? Well, because then that demon's no longer there, and another one takes role of the body. That's how... Is it multiple demons or just 40... They, they come into play. It's almost like how... Or different multiple personalities, personalities. That demon. And that's where we'll get into dive further when it comes into the mind. Um, uh-huh. So, now, these demons supposedly get exercised out. Now, the exorcism lasted again until 6 a.m. Now, the exorcist priest allowed Taylor to return home. Although they these demons still remained... Um, shortly after 10 a.m., police received a call, and they weren't sure it was a prank or not. But the caller said that they saw a man naked, and he appeared to be covered in paint. Now, the police <laughs> believed that it was a prank. They still go and see if this is real or not. So they see Michael Taylor walking on the streets, but naked, and they approach him. They then realize that he is not covered in paint. This is blood. So, as they look into his body to see if he's been wounded, cut in any way, they realize that this is not his blood. This is the blood of Satan. This is the blood of Satan, as he says, and he has murdered his wife. So, they go into the house, right? Uh, This is where it gets gruesome, right? And the police officer arrives at the house at the scene and they find a Christine lifeless on the floor. And the poodle. And the poodle. He apparently strangled their poodle as well, which is very unfortunate because the dog had nothing to do with this. Um, well, and nobody had nothing <laughs> like to do with wife, this. Like the wife, whatever, but the, the dog. Yeah, though. the dog. Oh, God, so the dog. She really had no fucking uh, clue. So, so he apparently had tacked his wife with his bare hands, tearing out her eyes and tongue out. He literally went in and took out her eyeballs out and flung them across the room. That's where they, they found the eyeballs. With his hands. Like With his no hands. Other no other equipment. Bare hands. Can you imagine someone going into your eyeballs, prepper, rubbing your thumbs through your sockets and pulling out oh. your eyes? Yeah. Um, and then partially removing your face. And then partially removing your face and tongue. This is when she was alive, apparently. Yes, this happened while you imagine. Yes, um, this shit happening to you. And so, again, the poodle had been unfortunately strangled. And so, the police officer who came, there are several police officers, but 
one of them says that this case has haunted him because of what he saw. I can't imagine seeing that shit, but if you can you imagine that obviously this will, will some seeing this shit will definitely haunt you, right? And so the trial occurred then later the year uh, in March. Taylor was acquitted on grounds of insanity. Uh, he was sent to the Broadmoor Hospital for two years. He spent another two years in a secure ward in Bradford uh, before being released. Now, the bizarre nature of his attack was obviously public, and so people knew it became a famous case, right? Yeah. All the tabloids, the media. Um, more recent, in July 2005, Taylor re-entered the news after being found guilty of indecently touching a teenager girl. Um, a week into his prison sentence of the crime, Taylor, who in years uh, since the trial for the first uh, for what happened, attempted suicide on four different uh, occasions. He began to exhibit a sort of the strange behavior again from when his wife was murdered, right? Or, you know, him murdering his wife back in 74. Um, so they resubmitted him back into the uh, psychiatric ward for treatment. How do you treat somebody that's gone that far? I don't know. But here's the thing. You contain them. You start to question yeah. the that's idea of multiple personalities. Now, multiple personalities can contain multiple... Abilities, strengths, weaknesses, different reactions. I mean, if you've seen the movie Split, oh yeah, it, oh yeah, it paints a very good. I like that movie. Ideology of the perfect person, unfortunate, of multiple personalities. That you take that person's full character of of a personality. So that person has freckles. All of a sudden, you have freckles. You're allergic to something. You become allergic to something based on that one person. You switch a profile. You switch character. You then start having that personality. You no longer have freckles. You're no longer allergic to whatever. And you speak in a certain language. Or you switch to a different. And again, you assume that personality. And you assume the traits of that personality. It's like having like internal avatars or something. Yes, like you and completely. you start diving, and that's the perfect example of the quantum mind. It, mm. There's a whole thing is a lot of people uh, tend to think it as pseudoscience, but there's a whole movement for it because there's so many cases that have proved otherwise. There's one case where this kid has the mind of a fucking genius, but he's still a child. Whenever he switched to his person, his own true personality, and he switched, he switches off, and then he becomes this older woman who can't breathe. And this kid shows <laughs> that he fuck? can't breathe. He can't breathe very well. And so, mm. there's a lot of cases like this where you start to think, well, maybe this theory, this hypothesis of multiple personalities, this whole quantum mind, this access to the different characters that one can assume, maybe it's possible, but can you alter any of those characters to be better? Can you alter any of those to be different? Can you fix any of that? Are they even you, though? Like, I, is it just one point, body yes. inhabiting 40 different spirits, right? Are like, how spirits do you... and... 
So these personalities, do they have spirits? Do they have souls? Are all these consuming in one shell? There, there's been cases where people said that there's two people inside of me. It's me and somebody else. Right. And when the other person takes control, I, don't I no remember. longer exist. I no longer exist. Or they don't remember or they can yeah. see what this person's doing to... And but they have, they have no, no control. control. Yeah. And... What's have up? You, have you guys seen this uh, thing about, like, uh, twins merging into one? Holy oh, shit. I'm a twin. Uh, what do you mean? Tell me about it. Uh, well, <laughs> let me see if I can find it. Um, it's sort of like the conjoin, conjoin twins, pretty much. Okay. But it's literally, they're perfectly matched down the middle. Oh, shit. So, it, two separate brains pretty much linked into one. Um... But yeah, they they say something similar to like yeah, there's two two people in one body. That's gotta be the weirdest thing. Yeah. How do you feel? Yeah. You feel? What feel? side of the body like, do you what? control, or do you control? How, both how does or, that? You know. Yeah. So you're, you're with the hippocampus. You're you're pretty much crossed. So the right side of the brain controls the left side of the body. So. What the fuck? You're always, I'm assuming they're always like in constant struggle with each other. That one, maybe that's why these people um, become, you know, possessed or mm-hmm. you can't control it. There's a fight, internal struggle. Right. And one person's very evil and one person's good and maybe the evil takes over. And it's like, would you know what the other one is thinking? If you're and so that's, that's why body? I mentioned Split. Because Split, if you ever watch it or yeah. you've seen it, it's a very good example of this very ideology of the quantum mind um, having access to all these personalities. No, these it's not profiles. like one body, one mind. It's like Multiple. one body is able to house many personalities. And mm-hmm. maybe each personality is an actual entity. Right. It has its own consciousness and its ability to do what it wants. Right. It's almost like the Matrix, if you think about it. Like in the Matrix, you have Neo, right? Who's able to have access to this information. So let's say he wanted to fly a plane or a helicopter, right, in the movie. They loaded him with that information. So in the quantum mind, you're able to access that information because you have it. When you have it, you're able to access it. You access that whole entire profile. Now, how do you take control of that profile? How is it still you without having to compromise your very true essence of who you are? Well, that's even a question, too. Like, what's that's true even, essence? Yes. So, but what about the other entity? Like, I'm the real person that's supposed to be uh, taking control of this body, right? Right. Are we preloaded, like, say, at birth with the personality, or does it come in, right? Because you don't remember when you're one or two. True. Like, also, it, it, it's at a certain period when you start to remember things. The very idea also dives, the, the, the whole idea of the quantum mind also then dives into past lives. So that's mm-hmm. why when I was talking about, like, you know, the kids saying that they've lived this previous life. Well, if you have access to this, you'll be able to have access to your previous life. Mm-hmm. And all the information that comes along with it, your all experiences. So if you think about that, if you have access to all these previous personalities, and let's say all these traits of that personality, if you didn't know the history of a previous life, but that personality existed, and you didn't know about the previous life, mm-hmm. then that personality becomes its own entity. So therefore, you then have multiple personalities. And that's what it is. 
and then maybe that personality was evil when it's when, when it, it was died. Alive. But then that person has no previous history of a past life, versus the one who has history of a of a past life has access to the profile for who he was, whether he was a girl or a boy at whatever age. That's the age he has access to that personality. It doesn't mean that that also, that that's when that personality died. It just means that you have access to that age group of when, you know, you may have died when you were 80, but, you know, you have that personality that was like 20 or something. You know what I mean? Sounds like weird glitches. Like somebody had a, everybody gets a personality downloaded and that's who they are. But then some people like there's a fuck up and they have 40 of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's what happens. Yes. I mean, like at what point? Maybe it is like and, a. And oh. that's why this whole An neuroscience of it is it becomes there a way to explain it in its simple form. But then when you start to break down certain things, it becomes incredibly complex. What's going on here? That's the uh, chimeras. Yeah. Has two different what? Two different skin tones. Different also skin oh shit! Two, uh, two eye right, colors, right? Yeah. Right yeah. down the freaking middle. That's green and blue. Yeah, they have. Why does that guy have a a pig <laughs> nose? Oh, that's all the whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. But the, there's people who have different eye color. Yeah, I like, see. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, that's like a whole other thing. Right down the right down the middle. Yeah. Split. Hence the name split. Hmm. But um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's... What do you guys think about that? What are your opinions? About the case or about About the, the case, uh, about the whole ideology of the quantum mind. Or what do you think about, you know, possibly... And not being... You're not being possessed. Well, in a way you are, but you may have personality. To me, it sounds like it was a crazy... Uh, I guess, like, just the right circumstances. Like, the perfect storm of right. things. Because... The guy was how old? He was like 30, right? 30, right, 31? in his 30s, yeah. So he's kind of around the age where, maybe a little older, but where the onset of like schizophrenia mm-hmm. or stuff like that could appear. Um, he, which is often, I and mean, we don't really know about his life right. prior to this. We know that it was it seemed out of character for him, but I mean, we don't really know much to compare it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What did he experience right around that time? He lost his job. He lost his job. He Mm -hmm. was depressed because he couldn't really provide as a man for his family. So the main main psychological triggers of schizophrenia are stressful life events, such as bereavement, losing your job or home, divorce, end of a relationship, and then physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. So he had... A stressful life event, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he tries to like go after this like twenty-two-year-old chick. Mm-hmm. Converts still, to Christianity, gets rejected by this chick, flips out, and then he has people trying to exercise his demons. Mm-hmm. So you, they're probably also like feeding, feeding, feeding him yeah. things. It just made it worse. It's just no, like, did. and then mm-hmm. if you have somebody who's already like real close to just snapping, snapping. because of underlying issues, what she did, you know, like it could have just been the perfect storm of all this stuff yeah. did he agree to that exorcism or do people yes he did agree also on top of that they also blamed uh marie for him having this demon in him or demons because that she was the one who she got him started possessed. she was having these things 
and they blamed her for putting his life on the line for Satan as a offering. Jesus Christ. I mean, Marie sounds like a whole other issue, but yeah, because she did something <laughs> that she normally doesn't do, which yeah, that's true. Yeah, they both went crazy. Did they actually like have an affair or anything, or was it just like there was something? There was like yeah, an there attempt. Was there was something happening. Uh, it doesn't really go into depth, but you could tell something was happening. But I don't know. It never. Because I'm like, if we want to really go with anymore. like this was really possession. Like, what if she was possessed and therefore and then went into a different body? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were both having the same experience. Yeah. She was seeing him as you know a devil face, and he was seeing her as they a snake both face. Took drugs and they <laughs> both took something and, and were tripping balls. Can't drink that. Like church one that anymore. was not holy water. No. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen How I Met Your Mother? I think I did not. Maybe. Right now. What happened? I, I know. I'm not <laughs> There's an episode called The Naked Man. Oh. He says it works two out of three times. It's pretty much you go on a date, and if you know you're never going to see this person again, you just get naked. Oh, and and just hope, hope just it goes well. Two out of three times. They're like, all right. <laughs> well, that's what we Well, then. <laughs> Oh, that's a good reference. <laughs> that's a good reference. For what? Sounds like a really well, optimistic point but, of view. But like, he, but like he was saying, right? They both became naked, right? And so... Something happened. Something, something happened. happened. Like, no, no. How did he get to that point? You know what I mean? And then How they did he get there? At, at his house. <laughs> with his wife there. But the, so in the, the wife same room. The, all no, of a sudden, the wife like, was in the room. Like, what are you doing? All of a sudden, she was watching this, I guess. And then he's like trying to kill this other chick. And then the wife intervenes and then kicks the other woman out. But <laughs> she's watching the whole entire time. Yeah, it's probably that how you met your mother shit. There's a lot of <laughs> plot holes. Like, like, I don't know. Other, she was watching. watching she was obviously watching something happen. And she just watched. Like, you know what I mean? Did, did she see them get not a participator, just a watcher. You know what I'm saying? Like they started to take their clothes off, or all of a sudden she like well, some, like, something had was already occurring, bathroom. and the wife the wife knew about it. Like the wife knew that this was going on, and when it got to this point of them being naked, she was in the room watching this. She was standing like there. What the hell? What? Were they actually naked, or was it that no, they, they were, were seeing each other naked? No, they were, they were naked. Because then they were saying like, "Oh, I saw like the eyes or whatever." No, being they, weird. Were, they were naked. <laughs> they were naked. They were naked. Okay. They were hallucinating. Um, well, that's but yeah, that is a trip. There's like not enough information. There's on that. not a whole lot of information. Like on they that. needed no to be reason. like in marital counseling, and he needed like. S- there's a lot of things that should have happened stuff. before it got to this level. Hold yeah. Hand. Well, um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, see you next week. <laughs> well, hold on. The, the investigation. They tried blaming the the priest for it. They also, they, yeah, they, they got off scot free because mm-hmm. obviously this guy was having a psychotic break. And, and instead of helping them, they made it worse. Yes. Yeah. It That's what I feel like it was. And then the just, murder happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they have to be at some point. You think he, they provoked him from for going that far? Well, I mean, they or, should have offered help. Other like than medical help. Instead of doing exercise. Yeah, if you take somebody who's unstable and then you spend like two days talking to them about like demons and satan and this and that and then they go oh we're sending you. you home but you have violence murder and whatever the third one was in you here's this knife protect yourself and then like that person's already <laughs> unstable you know what i mean like i don't know here's a grenade you know? here's <laughs> here's a grenade whatever. help yourself well there was that case of the priest who had the girl who had an exorcism done handcuff 
to the bed and they starved her and she died. Mm, I didn't hear that Pops. one. And uh, they, they held the priests. Yeah, there's a movie about it. I can't remember. I don't remember yeah, what it was called. Is that it? Yeah. And it like they were, he was convicted. Mm-hmm. And then the church helped. And I think he got out. I don't remember something like that. With his, um, they have Friends all the in high places. Yeah, they have all the money. This is why religion is dangerous. Religion is very dangerous. And with that note, I bid you adieu. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't adieu. know. Uh, adieu? I'm, I'm, adieu. From, I'm from Alaska. We don't talk like that in Alaska. <laughs> We're Republicans. Um, so until the next episode, again, if you guys liked this episode, please share and rate us on iTunes and anywhere else where this podcast is provided. Until next time, latest. Love you,